You are tuned into Black Women Speak with Colette Williams and Dr. William Tyardy Howard on the Black Talk Radio Network. are listening to Colette Williams right here on Vision Media Group with Black Women Speak. It is a hot day and we've got a great show planned for you this afternoon. So I'm so glad that you're with us. Remember, you can get us on all of your favorite podcast platforms right here on Black Talk Media Project, right here on the Black Talk Media Network. So we're waiting for our co-host, Dr. William Tahadi Howard to join us. We're going to have a great conversation this afternoon. Most of you probably already know it's Black Music Month and how fitting for us to begin Black Music Month with Tina Turner. We're going to have a little conversation about Tina Turner, the life and times of Tina Turner. Most of you probably saw her. Well, it was a movie about her, Ike and Tina movie, What's Love Got to Do With It? And if you are anything like me, queasy, that's a hard movie to watch. To watch her go through what she went through with Ike Turner and still come out on top. She came out on top. She's an inspiration to so many people. Even though now we're talking about her past, not her future. We're talking about Tina Turner right here this afternoon. We're beginning Black Music Month and the launch of Vision Media Group with a discussion about Tina Turner. It's been a long time coming for Tina Turner and all that she has gone through and where she is as she lost her life. She had health issues, none of which we were privy to, but we were not as concerned about her health conditions, although we would pray for her, although she would, although she would be in our thoughts, we'd like to, we like to see, we enjoyed seeing Tina Turner back on top. She was a phenomenal and still is a phenomenal woman. She still is a phenomenal woman. She's done a lot. She's done a lot to take care of herself. She soared to the top regardless to how she began regardless to how she began and dr howard is with us how are you dr howard i am blessed thank you for asking it's a pleasure to be here good 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 thank you for joining us and dr howard as you probably already know is a man who is mr radio so he i believe dr howard you did have some kind of engagement with tina turner I had engagement with Ike Turner back in the bands in the early 1970s, moving into the 80s out of Champaign, Illinois, and Madison, Illinois, and East St. Louis, Illinois. Okay. And so it was Ike and not Tina. Correct. Okay. Okay. Well, you know firsthand how she was able to drive that, the two of them, straight to the top. It was Tina Turner that was involved in all of that people went to see tina people would go to see tina turner they would buy her music they knew that she carried the entire show it's hard to watch 
the movie, What's Love Got to Do With It, it's hard to watch. And she did say publicly that she would never watch it. She said she would never watch it because it was just so hard to watch. All that she went through, all that she endured, the beatings, it was just, it was just entirely too much. How well did you know Ike Turner? Ike was a, he was a consummate professional. He was always in bands. He was always thinking music. He was always trying to capture the glass ceiling, move music to another level. And he also knew some rock and roll. And he also stayed involved in community activism in terms of music and pushing bands and pushing rock and roll. Really? Yes. So what would make him treat her the way he did? That's a great question. I've often heard people say music soothes the savage beast. And that's exactly what it does. Mm -hmm. It drives you. It puts you in places you may not be exactly uh, ready for in, in the right place at the right time. Mm -hmm. It also opens up doors that can cause catastrophic events, so, such as drugs, um, such as other items. And the, the drive for faint is a drive that is continuum. You sleep with it. You, 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 can't, you can't get rid of it. You, you get a minute of fame and you got to have the rest of it. So Ike is a consummate professional, was always seeking faint fortune and staying involved at the top when it came to being a step ahead in terms of the music curve. Really? Yes. Well, it's, it's interesting. When they broke up, there went Ike. Tina soared to the top. And I do remember one of the things that helped her get away from him was her faith. She chanted and she began to believe in the Nam Yaho Renge Kyo. And that's what gave her the strength to get away from him and to continue on with a career of her own. So how did, how did, how is it that without her, he became nothing? So your question is? So he was the professional, but without her, he was nothing. So how does, how do you get that? The movie doesn't really tell the full story of the oh, makeup. Of course not. Yeah, of course of, not. Of to be honest with you, uh, Ike was driven by music. He was driven by writing music, creating songs, recording studios, and staying in the music scene. But he also had his demons that were behind him, and those mm -hmm. were drugs. That was the downside. Mm -hmm. And we all know the story to the movie as well. Right. Well, it, it would be very difficult for anybody unless they had an, an intimate relationship with the two of them. It would be hard for anyone to say that they knew him well or knew her well. We only know them based on what we see in the lights and what we see on stage. And what we saw, from what I understood, depicted a, a true life story. And when I heard her say she was asked by another host, are you going to watch the movie? And she said, absolutely not. No, 
She says it was too heartbreaking. She said she lived it. Why would she have to watch it? I'm in agreement. I don't yeah. think I want to go through it. Right, right. Why in the world? But when we think about Black music, she comes to mind. Even though there are times when you would say the Ike and Tina Turner Review would come to mind, when you think about Black music, she would be the one that you would think about. I don't know anybody that would say they would think about Ike Turner before her. They would think about Tina Turner first. She was, when you say Tina Turner, she's synonymous with Black music, with women in, in music. And she had a place. She definitely had a place in Black music. And it's, it's interesting that she made it to the top and he did not. And drugs played a role in that. And he, he just didn't make it. And I remember someone telling me they saw him on a bus bench in LA, in South Central LA. And he was trying to get on the bus and, and couldn't get on the bus. In fact, it was Ike Turner that had an incident on a bus bench. And then it was also Sly Stone the same thing, an incident on a bus bench. But drugs played a pivotal part in what happened with both of them. A pivotal part because they could not get away from the drugs. Just couldn't get away from them. But she is to be celebrated. She is to be honored. And today we are launching Black Music Month with Tina Turner. We're launching Vision Media Group with Tina Turner. And Black Music Month is a very, very, very special part of what happens throughout the month of June here in this country. It's celebrated across the country. I think it's high time. And Black Music Month, Dr. Howard, you are the radio man. So how long have we been celebrating Black Music Month? 50 years? Actually, I started in the business in 1970. I worked through 2020 pandemic. So 50 plus years, I'm still doing some parts of radio today, working with STEM students, science, technology, engineering, and math, and building podcasting STEM centers so that we can get students and kids and college graduates to take back their voice. But when we talk about Black Music Month, when we talk about Tina Turner, uh, a black woman, and we talk about the women that have made pivotal sacrifices to black music. And there's a lot of them that we haven't mentioned lately. But when we think Tina, we think the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We think about all the sacrifices she made. We think about the struggles and the trials and the tribulations that she went through. We talk about the 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 man that she celebrated and took him to another level, I'm referring to Ike, as a result of that fame, those trials and tri tribulations. So we owe a lot to Tina. We owe a lot to her, her craft. We owe a lot to her, to her vision, to her drive, to her persistence as a Black woman. Right. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. The interesting thing is 
and correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Howard, I don't see rap artists. I, you know how I feel about rap, but I don't see them celebrating Black Music Month in the way that it has always been celebrated. I don't see them celebrating Black music at all. Do you? I think that's because they have a different vision of Black music in terms of hip hop and what type of um, response it had on them collectively. Uh, when you look at the pay-per-view channels, HBO, Showtime, Cinemax, VH1, all of those pivotal streaming channels that were responsible for breaking music over the airwaves. Um, the hip hop artists were definitely critical in terms of establishing a sound, an art, an art firm, a culture, mm -hmm. um, and in terms of reinforcing what black music and hip hop was all about. I don't think they did a very good job, uh, but I don't think we've, we've forgotten them either by the same token. Right. You know, well, we, just, we, just locked, we just lost Biz Marquis, Biz Marquis, uh, The Vapors. Well, I got what you need. Uh, there's uh, uh, there's some people that I met personally, like Curtis Blow, The Breaks, mm -hmm. and several other people that came up through the artist, uh, LL Cool J, um, a number of people that were pivotal in early hip hop mm -hmm. and were great. But in terms of resurrecting, continuing the cult cu culture, continuing to enlighten it and educate how hip hop plays and what role does it play today, we've lost it. Yeah. I, you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. We have lost it. I was getting into a lift. I believe it was either last week or the week before. And I was just never so disgusted with the girl who was driving because as I got into the car, she had some stuff on her radio. First of all, I don't listen to the radio, but she had some some something on her radio that was so vulgar and vile until I was about to tell her, you need to either let me out or turn that off because there wasn't anything vulgar that that fool didn't say. And everything from the N-word to the F-bomb to the P-bomb to the D-bomb to the F-bomb to the N-bomb, it was disgusting and vile. And I thought, how could she let me get in this car and she play something like that? And she probably thought that I'm a black woman and that would be okay. Uh, no, it ain't okay. I was so insulted. I was so insulted. And how could she think that anybody worth their salt would listen to something like that? It was horrible. And it's on the radio. It's on the radio. How did we get to this place? How did we get to this place when we have greats like Tina Turner? How did we get to this place? Tina Turner and many others. You're right. Uh, unfortunately, 
But we got through it through bureaucracy. We got through politics. We thought through government control, federal communications commission. And we got through lost ownership. We threw away what we had. My father, the last thing he told me before he passed away was he who controls a frequency controls a generation. And what he was referring to is when you program to these younger people, they become the music. They live the music. Mm -hmm. I remember when music first started out in hip hop and we came out with the videos. One of the most popular songs I ever played on the air, I'm ashamed to say, was Gin and Juice with Snoop Dogg. And what wow. you did was you saw kids riding in lowriders down the street, drinking gin and juice. Drinking gin and dog juice. In the, back, in the back, popping yeah. up. Okay. And so kids start emulating what they see on TV. Yes. Problem for years. Yes. It's not new. It's on. No. Right. It isn't new. It's at an all-time low. That's the difference. There was a, a lowrider music back in the 70s and the 80s. There was music. And then when, and I don't remember the year that rap music and hip hop made it on the scene, but the destruction that it created is just incredible. The destruction is just incredible. There is a log and a list online of all of the rap artists that have been shot and killed as a result of them being a rap artist. Okay? This is absolutely the most horrendous. This is a horrendous part of this culture. And how in the world, how in the world could people think that it's okay? We have people who truly are Black music. And then we have that. I'd like to bring in Scotty Reed, who has a great deal to say about Black music and where we are as we honor and celebrate Tina Turner on this beginning of Black Music Month. Scotty? Oh, greetings. Can you all, can you both hear me okay? Of course, we can. Yes. Thank you. Okay, thank, thank you for allowing me to speak on this. You know, I am the president and founder of the nonprofit Black Talk Media Project, which created the Black Talk Radio Network, which we're streaming on uh, right now. And a frequent guest on uh, Black Talk Radio News and the network, uh, he's basically a friend of the network, is an activist by the name of Kwabana Rasuli, who created Clear the Airways Project. And they work with, I think it's the Black Women's National Congress, um, Bob Law, uh, Dr. Howard will recognize that name, uh, a legendary in radio, Mr. Bob Law, and some other groups around the country out of Atlanta, out of New York, Rage Against the Ratchet. And mm -hmm. for, for over a decade, they have been saying the very same things that you're saying. Uh, about the trash that makes it on the radio. The FCC mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. mentioned. They have filed complaints with the FCC, which does not enforce its own rules. They yeah. have presented resolutions to city councils, including New York City, about the detrimental effect of this music. But we can punch down on the artists 
who have been cultivated by those in charge of these record industries that have produced the black billionaire rappers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, it has basically take, been taken over and they decide what type of music they want to record and distribute in partnership with radio networks like Kathy Hughes' Radio One, as well yes. as there is the Crawford Broadcasting Corporation out of Chicago, which is a, a white conservative owner who owns black radio stations that play that trash in these urban areas. They call it urban radio, the urban. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but on the talk radio side, he had stations that was Aaron Rush Limbaugh, the right Rush Limbaugh, yes, the concern, mm-hmm. and the Christian evangelical stations. So I don't think I think you know we have for a while been trying to educate people. He who controls the frequencies, I think Dr. Howard was saying, they control yes. the programming. Well, yes. Black yes. people don't control the frequencies. You well, mm-hmm. can say in some cases we do in Kathy Hughes, but we're not holding her accountable. As no, no. Well. It's going to take us. It's, it's a movement out there. And, and so we should find those movements. If we don't have them in our local area, start those movements. Quabba right. monitors the radio. He does Facebook lives. This is the station I'm listening to in Chicago. 42 people got shot over the weekend, and this is what they're blasting on the radio. And he played where it's talking about shooting and killing. I mean, come on. Major corporations use this very same, the music from these rap songs for their jingles. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. It is rightfully calling Mm -hmm. out for rent for pulling out guns and stuff. But look at the artists and the type of artist music that they invite to perform at NBA games. So who's really in charge of yes. as we know it? Who's yes. in charge of the culture? I just had to add that as we talk yes. about Black Music Appreciation Month because there's a lot of great music in the genre of rap being made, but that's why you're not hearing it. That's why that driver don't probably don't know it exists. So, so we got to do more to put underground rappers Con- what we call conscious rappers and help mm-hmm. them out, supporting them and helping mm-hmm. them airplay. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Thank you, Scotty, for that input. Thank you. And if we don't take charge, take it back, because music was not always like this. We didn't always have to rage against the vulgarity. We didn't always have to fight against the vulgarity. And now we have to. And corporations, they put folks up to it. This began in 1979 with the U.S. government sanctioning Black Music Month, and it has turned into something that we don't recognize anymore. It has turned in, it it is almost like it turned against us. And we have not done anything to protect Black music. And oftentimes when I'm talking to artists or future guests on the network, they say it's a shame that so many people in the music industry have been forgotten about. It's a shame that so many people are just 
they're not able to make it because they don't do rap and the young people are involved in this horrible rap. And it's, it's not only horrible, it is dangerous. People lose their lives behind rap music. When is it going to stop? And that's not what Ike and Tina Turner were about. That's not what Curtis Mayfield and the Impressions were about. Gil Scott Heron was not about that. John Coltrane was not about that. And so on. And so on. And it's unfortunate when they left this earth, they left a legacy, but the legacy, we can't find it. We don't have anybody talking about the legacy. That's why Black Music Month is so important. And that's why as long as I am in radio, we're going to celebrate Black Music Month. Every June that God gives us, we're going to celebrate Black Music Month because without Black music, there'd be no Black music. There'd be no rap artist or hip hop. And, and not only that, these folks who consider themselves artists, they're not artists. They can't read music. They don't play instruments. They don't even write music. So what is it? What, wh why do we have to fight against it? And why do they have a place? And we even have to have a discussion about that. Dr. Howard, can you tell us why? You've been in the radio business for 50 years. There was a time when people talked about payola and there is no more payola. But Black music, do you know what Black artists and musicians had to go through? Do you know that a lot of these artists and musicians, they were playing in places where they couldn't even sleep or eat? Okay. They are, were in Las Vegas. And I remember a story about Sammy Davis Jr. and Frank Sinatra. And Sammy Davis Jr., they uh, booked him to play. I, I, I can't remember the name of the hotel. And you might know Dr. Howard. They booked him to play at a hotel, Caesar's Palace. And he couldn't stay there. He could not stay at Caesar's Palace. And Frank Sinatra said, well, if he can't stay here, I won't stay here. If you don't bring him in, I won't. And that's how Sammy Davis Jr. got in. And that was a preempt to the Rat Pack. What were you going to say, Dr. Howard? I wasn't. I'm really taking note of history. Well, yeah, and there's so much about history in Black music. There's so much. There is, it didn't just begin and end. Unfortunately, it's been overshadowed by vulgarity. It's been overshadowed. And the movie, did you ever see the movie Straight Outta Compton? Yes. Oh, you did see it? Yes. I've never seen it. And I understand the movie was about uh, those who are rap artists and what they did. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because 
I've never seen it and I've never had any intention on seeing it because of the damage that it has done. Well, as a curator of black, black music and black history, I would suggest everyone that's listening to go back and find the documentary movie called City of Lies. It's currently showing on the Stars Network. Hmm. Documentary that tells a story, the documentary story of who killed Biggie Smalls and who, who killed Tupac Shakur. And it summarizes by saying that these two major rap artists were killed by the Los Angeles Police Department and was buried. Mm -hmm. And there's still an open case to this day as a result of that. Okay. It, now, if you're a historian, a curator of Black music and Black history, and you do your homework, you will end up finding out that there were a lot of things going on with regards to music wars, as we call it, or hip hop wars, or territory, ter territorial wars versus gangs. Some of that has disappeared as a result of the demise of Def Jam Records and several other hip hop record companies over the years. However, if you go back and you track the initial hip hop songs that came out, the groups and the songs that was sung that sold a lot of records, you can easily track the hi history of hip hop then, hip hop now, and where hip hop may be leading to toward the next generation. Okay, as regards to your comments earlier, with regards to what, what's not being done. We're not cultivating or recapturing the history of it and celebrating it and building it so that it, it leaves a positive feed to it, for example. Mm -hmm. I would suggest, for example, audio books and podcasting that tell the stories. That would be a good way to bring artists on to audio books and putting them through the network because telling stories right now uh, would be advantageous to the youth and to millennials, Gen X, Y, and Z, as well as how do we re-engage the teaching uh, rap or positive rap or proactive rap or rap that has meaning that carries some solutions based instead of some uh, other types of demeanor that we don't want to talk about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we're going to get into some of the Tina Turner songs in just a moment. But if you remember conscious music, such as Marvin Gaye's What's Happening, the album What's Going On, and that came out in 1971, I believe, it's just as powerful today as it was then. Just as powerful. Even pointed to the point where that's what we need to listen to. That's yeah. what we need to listen to. Let's bring in some of Tina Turner's music and we'll get right back into Marvin Gaye, James Brown. And it was James Brown that had the song, I'm Black and I'm Proud. Curtis Mayfield. Okay, all of those.
Okay, I think we lost a little bit of it, but that conscious song, that conscious music, we don't need another hero. So those are the those are the ballads, those are the songs, those are the tunes. As Dr. Howard said, music is he, a healing power. And unfortunately, we have have it has diminished. It's still healing. For those of us that know and understand real music, it is still very healing. We need to start a movement, just as Scotty said. We're going to start today with Black Music, Black Music Month, and we're talking about Tina Turner right here on Black Talk Radio Network. This is Black Women Speak with your host, Colette Williams and Dr. Tiyati Howard. We're talking about Black music because it is so important. It is a movement, should be a movement, and should be a mission. And we have to make sure that the Black music that was so impactful and so powerful back then, as they say, old school, we need to make sure that it's right here current. Current music. Dr. Howard, again, you've been in radio 50 years. What can you tell us about radio then and now? Well, I can certainly tell you the lack of what what I miss that's not being discussed today, and that is who's the next Tina Turner? How do wow. we cultivate the next Tina Turner? How do we promote the next Tina Turner? How do we promote the values that Tina Turner stood for? How do yeah. we resonate the music? Yes. How do we pass the torch? Yeah. That's that's powerful. How do we pass the torch? How do we pass the torch? When do we pass the torch? And who do we pass it to? Do you have any idea? Who do we pass it to? When do we pass it? How do we pass it? Are we ready to pass it? Are they ready to receive it? What do you think? I would ask Mr. Reed to comment on that because I think we definitely have a an opportunity to pass the torch. We definitely have an opportunity to open up a, another road to cultivate students, students, young kids. We have an opportunity to cultivate positive, proactive rap or hip hop. Yeah. We have the opportunity to become mentors. And some of those young people who are not talking need to step up and take the plate. Jay-Z, Beyonce, hint, hint, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, if you're going to be a role model, be a role model. If you're not, then step off the block. Yeah, step off the block. I agree. I definitely agree. But uh, Jay-Z, he is, he is complicit in his rap. Okay, he, he doesn't have anything conscious that comes out of his mouth. I don't he's believe also, He's also a tool of the people, again, he is, yes. Control the industry. So Colin Kaepernick, you know, did this whole whole sacrifice to his career to bring. Yes, he did. That's right. To the police mm -hmm. murder of specifically African Americans and and said that flag doesn't stand for everyone. The things that it says it does: liberty, freedom, and justice for all. And and so as a distraction or diversion. Um, we see the powers that be at the NFL, who do they hire 
to do their halftime shows to act like they're part of the struggle and then they recycle the same artists who do nothing but are entertainers you know in music and and we know what that means that means the vulgarity we know his music catalog we know mm -hmm. you know we know beyonce's even though you know i'm not gonna trash her entire catalog she is still a great artist and and but that's what the that's what the powers that be the establishment is what i'll call them that's mm -hmm. how they keep people trapped in the mindset yes. trapped yes. in the culture so the question was what we can what can we do but malcolm x said media controls the minds of the masses it can make the innocent that's right it can make that's right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so therefore it can also make a rap artist famous and popular and, and, and suggest or imply you should emulate his bad behavior or we can put our money and give our platforms to those who are putting forth a positive message and, and yeah. so since they're not doing that then we need to turn off those radio stations and we need there you to go yes we it. do we need yes. to be taking advantage of 21st century technology, like this radio technology we're using to produce this independent podcast and broad radio broadcast. Yes. Yes. But we do these in our communities and target our communities. See, right, the network, our network targets the you know entire Black African diaspora all over the world. They can tune in now. What we need to do is micro, you know, uh, um, do this at the micro level. Each county, each city where there's a preponderance of black people, we should be running our own digital radio stations. Mm -hmm. We're mm -hmm. not producing talk programming. We should be having on the local artists that's putting out positive music or like I do, play the positive hip hop. Play it, play the positive music. Yes. Yes. I get no airplay to this. Yes. And so I, 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 the, the solution lies in our hands. We can't expect the, our enemies, you know, to do any more than what they're No, doing. no. And we should not expect them to do anything. We can't, we need to stop relying on them for everything. Right. We need to stop relying well, there, on them. There's a way to answer Dr. Howard's question, and that's just my opinion you know, briefly on, on what we can do to combat. And you're right. And we need to stop relying on them. Look at the damage that has been done. Look at the damage. After all of the years that Tina Turner went in through music and all of the years that she was a pivotal part of Black music, she was on stage. She literally is one lady that I will say she put her life on the line for her music. She put her life on the line. She took a beating every time she opened her eyes. She took a beating. So the movement should recognize Tina Turner and those just like Tina Turner because she literally gave her life every time she opened her eyes, every time she sang, she gave her life. And the man that she was married to, who swore to protect her, beat her. So when you talk about what has happened in music, we've lost a great one. We've lost a great one. 
And just as you said, it's time to pick up and it's time for the young people to pick up and carry on. How do we make that happen? We have to have a movement and we cannot rely upon someone else to do it for us. And that's what we're talking about here as we focus on Black Music Month. Black women speak. We are about picking up the gauntlet and running with it. We're talking about creating movements, creating passion, motivating people, getting them to understand that we're so far in the hole. We've got to open our eyes and we've got to get out and we have got to move. We had a great show last Wednesday with Dr. George Frazier and Ms. Benita, Benisha Poole Watson. And Dr. Frazier talks about this frequently, frequently. He talks about modern day slavery. That's where we are. That's exactly where we are. We've got to stop waiting on somebody else to do it for us. We've got to stop doing that. We've got great people. Why do we have to wait for another hero? As Tina Turner says, we don't need another hero. We need to pick up where we are. We need to pick up and we need to stop the talking and we need to get moving. And we've got our heroes. We've got our leaders. We've got people in the front line, on the front lines. We've got people who know how to make things happen. And that's what we're doing here on Black Women Speak, right here on Black Talk Radio Network. Be a part of what we're doing right here, as I might say. Dr. Howard, I'm going to turn it over to you for a second because I'll start preaching. Well, I don't. I have no problem with your preaching. <laughs> uh, personally, I would make a confession, and the open confession is that I have failed my mantra because I've watched what we should have, what we should have put into play that we didn't put into play. What am I referring to? We had a code name called affirmative action. Right. Back in the 70s and the 80s. Dr. Frazier talked about affirmed our own action last week. One of the biggest mistakes we made, we as Black people, is we did not recognize the power of controlling a frequency and programming a frequency, educating a frequency, enlightening with a frequency, so that each one teach one. Mm -hmm. and how we might get that educational system around. I've been teaching STEM science, which is science, technology, engineering, and math since 2012. Uh. Building, building Black radio stations and utilizing social media technology like Snapchat, Periscope, Facebook, YouTube, and putting that together, te teaching people, communities, uh, other places on how to take back your voice and then how to apply the pressure of what you learn with these STEM sciences. So when I say I failed, I look back at Tom Joyner, mm -hmm. Kathy Hughes, mm -hmm. Howard Stern, Rush Limbaugh, and a bunch of other people I know who had the opportunity to buy radio and TV stations and did, did not do it. They didn't see, they didn't have the vision. Right, that's 
that's where we we failed. Mm-hmm. We have failed. And I'm humble and thankful that I was a part of it, but I'm I'm sorry that I saw the vision and the vision passed me by. I let the vision pass me by. So now I'm trying to pick back up the vision and join people like yourself, people like Mr. Reed, other people who are trying to regurgitate this technology mm-hmm. and, re- and re-energize it. And as Teddy Pendergrass said, wake up everybody. Wake up everybody, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Howard, if, if I may, um, I'm not discounting anything you said, but through my years of research, since I founded Black Talk Media Project, it wasn't just about the technology and putting programming on air, but studying communications, the whole media industry, And I can tell you in 1996, Bill Clinton signed something into law with a majority Congress called the 1996 Telecommunications Act, which was designed to destroy Black-owned radio. And corporations also uh, started pulling, no, white corporations, they expanded the number of radio stations in a market so that corporations could then you know, these big corporations then could own radio stations. And then it wasn't a black owned station. It was just black voices on a station, you know, Mm -hmm. and then the advertisement went to those large conglomerates and black owned radio stations were starved. That's how we, that's part of the reason and a big reason we lost so many of them. So your generation that came up in that golden era of black radio you, 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 you know, you said what you said and you take accountability for what you didn't do, but I'm just saying there were larger forces at play. Oh yeah, that's a fact. That's absolutely a fact. Larger forces. And that not only were they at play, but they were playing. They were playing with lives. And those larger forces are still around. They're still involved in this rap genre and that's really not a genre it's just an element so we have to take back we have to take back what is rightfully ours i was in conversation with someone this morning and he was talking about the plantation and we have gotten so wrapped up in plantation thought that we can't see the light of day And the people who have been here with us, those who created music, they're gone. And there's so many areas where we didn't pick up the gauntlet. And music is one of those areas where we didn't pick up the gauntlet and keep it going. I was talking to someone today about education. And I said, those people who were passionate about education and they demonstrated that, and they put kids first, those people are gone. Now education is at an all-time low. It's at an all-time low. Uh, Will I Am, who is, I think Will I Am is the Black Eyed Peas or something like that? Yes. Okay. He just gave a boatload of money to LAUSD. And the money ain't going to folks that look like you, me, or Scotty. It isn't. It's going to others. And the money 
It's not a little bit of money. It's a lot of money. And this is the second or third time he's given money to LAUSD. And well, what are we getting? What are we doing? Not that we should be there with our hands out, but we should be in a position where we are seen, where we are seen and we are heard. And too many times we are not seen and we're not heard, but we're surely asking for, well, where's mine? I didn't get any. We should be seen and we should be heard. And we should never find ourselves where we're saying, where's mine? Especially when it comes to the things that we know those elements that we know were created because of us. Music is one of them. Music is one of them. And we have those legendary artists, such as Tina Turner, such as Curtis Mayfield and the Impressions, such as uh, James Brown, Marvin Gaye. Unfortunately, they did live or their lives perished in a tragic way, especially Marvin Gaye. But come on, we there's a gauntlet out there and we need to pick it up and we need to go with it. And Scotty's right. Dr. Dre gave a billion dollars to USC, a billion dollars. Uh, what's the guy's name? The tall guy, Michael Jordan, gave $10 million to Make-A-Wish Foundation. Dr. Dre gave a billion dollars to USC with no stipulation for Black scholarships or Black music or Black media or Black anything. We've got someone who's coming on to be interviewed here on Black Women Speak. And her name is, her last name is DuPont. She's been hired by George Lucas, Melody Hobson, to be the curator for the new Star Wars Museum here in LA. And they, thank God, they put a black woman in charge. But I shudder to think what's gonna happen as a result of that. And it won't include us. And as I have said, and both of you have heard me say, we've gotta stop the talking and no action. We do a lot of that. Talk and no action. And we're known for that. And now, as I, within the sound of my voice, those of you that are listening, let's get active. Let's get productive. Let's start producing. Let's make things happen in our own communities. Let's put ourselves in a position where we don't need white corporations. We don't need them because we're doing for ourselves. And until we do for ourselves, they will always have a hand up because we're going to be the ones saying, ooh, he gave me that kind of money. He gave me $10. So I know I got to do it. Wrong. Wrong and wrong again. We've got to create a movement within ourselves. We've got to make sure that what we start, what the gauntlet that we need to pick up, that we continue to carry it on. We've got a few minutes left. Dr. Howard, I'm going to give you those few minutes. Well, you've always heard me say, in order for, to 
be the change you want to see, it starts with me. So, you know, I have to support those networks that recognize that we can rewrite the narrative. And that rewriting of the narrative starts now, not next week and not next next year, number one. That's right. Number two, I'm a firm believer of telling the stories. I've got a thousand stories I can tell regarding what 50 years look like. You know, when I think back to my mother who started in radio in the 1950s as one of the first black females across the country doing her own show six days a week. And then my, following, my father followed up 21 years in broadcasting. And today, as part of the legacy, I am the second of three generations of a black family in broadcasting spanning 95 years. And so it starts with me. I have to tell the story. I have to pass the story on. And I have to not be afraid to share the story and to wake up as many people as possible to be able to talk about the story as well. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. And as you mentioned, your parents, my parents were musicians. They were not in broadcast, but they were definite and consummate musicians. And my mother played the piano and she was the organist for the church, all people's Christian church in Los Angeles. She played wherever there were, there were ivories, wherever the ivory was, my mother was playing. She played the piano and she played, I believe she played the violin. My father played the saxophone. My brother played the drums, the sax, the guitar, and so many others. I played the violin. I tried to play the drums, but they wouldn't let me. They said it was for boys. But we're all, in my family, we're all musicians. We all have that musician bug, all of us. And I think it's very important for kids to play an instrument. They need to learn how to read music. They need to know musical notes. They need to know that. Rapping is not anything to know. That doesn't make a person. Music does. And as you said, music soothes the savage beast. And we need to make sure that the music that we know, that we grew up on, it stays. It stays. It has to stay. That's why Black Music Month is so critical. We've got to make sure that not only do we celebrate those who are still here, those who have gone before us, and the reason that there is a Black Music Month, we must celebrate those people, men and women. We talked about Marvin Gaye. We talked about James Brown, Tina Turner, Aretha Franklin, Patti LaBelle, Nancy Wilson, Mahalia Jackson. Oh my, and the list goes on and on on. It's never ending. It's never ending. So we are going to continue Black Music Month each and every Wednesday right here on Black Talk Radio Network. And folks, any of our programs that you want to listen to, they're on all of your podcast platforms. And remember, you can always go to Black 
Talk Radio Network and listen live. We've got future shows coming up, so you want to be a part of the movement. It begins right here on the Black Talk Media Project. If you have any questions about any of the shows, about any of the hosts, or anything that we bring to you, remember to get us on the Black Talk Radio Network website. Dr. Howard, we're going to sign off in the last few words. Wow. Simply the best, Tina. Simply the, the best. community activist. She, she raised the ball. She was concerned about not only the music, but the people, the time, the, the generation, and more importantly, the cause and what that cause brought, brought about in terms of domestic abuse, in terms of violence, in terms of things going on and resurrecting around the world today and how we view that and what do we take from it to make it even better so that we continue to, to lift up her legacy and continue to play the songs that Tina made history and went into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's it. All right. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dr. Howard. And we're going to take it out of here with a little bit more of Tina. Be sure, be sure to join us next week with Black Women Speak right here on Black Talk Radio Network. It's been fun, but you know what we say. It's been fun, but we got to run. So come on back next week. Next Wednesday, we are going to continue Black Music Month, the celebration and honoring those who created Black music and the Black Music Month. Join us next week for another great show. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk with you soon. Have a good evening. Yeah.